I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. And welcome to another episode of the Great Deception Podcast. We have another swap cast in at stake here with my good friend, Andrew for America. Andrew, I, dude, I've been trying to get with you for a while now. Thanks for joining, brother. Oh, yeah, of course. I, you know how it is, man. We're in the COVID world. Lots going on. It's tough. Scheduling is probably one of the most difficult things I'm doing these days. It's, it's nearly impossible, you know, and you have to be flexible. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself insane. If, you, if you're trying to hold, I mean, we had to reschedule this. I've had to reschedule numerous different ones. We just roll with it, you know. But I got to say, man, I, I love your podcast. There are, there are very few podcasts that I've listened to every episode, and yours is definitely one of them. Um, so kudos to you, man. I, I love the work you do. Uh, I give you credit for doing the solo show. I know how hard that is. Um, but overall, the, you know, from the topics, from your perspective, your insight, uh, I just love the work you do, man. So uh, thanks for coming on. I, it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Man, I, I really appreciate it. I love your show, too. Like I said, I think in one of my episodes, I was like, I was like, uh, Matt from the Great Deception podcast has some of the most uh, in-depth, all-encompassing information on historical topics I think I've ever seen. Like, I can't even keep up. Uh, with some of your shows sometimes because you're just you're so thorough you have so much uh, good stuff to go over and it's like I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for the next thing so no I love your show too I appreciate the kind words man thanks man so what got you into it what made you decide to put your voice out there because that's the biggest thing with a lot of people is is the hesitancy to just put it out there uh yeah well so yeah, brief history about me. So I was, I'm prior military. I was an operations specialist, second class petty officer in the Navy for four years. I got stationed in San Diego and um, did two Western Pacific deployments, one in 97 and 99. And so, you know, lots of obvious experiences occurred during those years. And then um, I, I was, I was a really big wannabe rock star. I was, I've been into music my entire life. And so I started playing in a band out there. Uh, while I was still in the military. And then that turned into four or five bands over the course of 15 years. And I toured all over the place and met amazing people, had great experiences. Uh, and then that th those experiences coupled with traveling the world, I feel like give me a little bit more perspective than the average American. So uh, me and a good um, Marine friend, one of my best friends, uh, we lived together back in the day. And I think it was very therapeutic for both of us 
to have pretty like I mean we had conversations that were like four or five six hours long you know and we just dove deep into every possible subject and then we both went to college together too he's got his master's degree so um in political science of course so you know and then I just got older and that was kind of my outlet for it my outlet was through punk rock music too I've been playing and singing punk rock uh songs and been in bands for like I said 15 years and uh now I'm getting older I'm in my 40s and uh settling down life's slowing down and like I said in episode one I got a lot of my mind a lot of the time and I need to talk about it and I think this was going to be the platform so really it's kind of just like self-therapy for me at the moment but I definitely plan on growing the show. It's been growing. I've been getting a lot of really good reviews. So uh, we'll see what happens. Cool. Yeah. And I, I love the series you just did. The the one about, you know, basically what the fuck's going on. And here's a little history of why we're here. Because um, that's basically, you know, I got into this, you know, kind of by force. It wasn't like I decided to get in. I, you know, I, I started doing, I've been researching for years off and on, on different oh, yeah. things. And then, uh, then I, I, you know, podcasts came out a couple years ago, you know, they got really big and I was like, man, this is really cool. And and so I started listening to some different stuff, which made me read again. And I started reading books and getting into research. And, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, why don't you just put it out there? Because, you know, like you, I was having these conversations and then the lockdowns came and all of a sudden, oh, yeah. all those friends that I was having conversations with, we weren't having conversations anymore. And, For sure. And I was still having those conversations, though. It was just with myself. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's it's therapeutic in the sense that, you know, I got to get it out. And when 2020 came and I started seeing all the bullshit and the lies mm-hmm. and just it just made me start looking into, okay, if they're lying about this, what else are they lying about? And oh, yeah. that sent me down the whole rabbit hole of, of the Jesuits and all these, you know, CFR groups, Bilderberg groups and, and things like that. And then you start seeing them all tied in together and you're like, holy shit. Like this is, this is this just one big group and we're not in it. And, uh, oh, yeah, and the big club. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I love how your podcast called out the KM too, because that's another one that most people won't touch. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't find a lot of information about them, but you know, they're out there. And uh, that, that episode for me was kind of a test because obviously a lot of uh, we like-minded individuals uh, have some of that storyline kicking around in our head pretty much all the time. And uh, it, it is, uh, sketchy a little bit and i know it was a little risky considering the world of cancel culture that we live in now and censorship and all that kind of stuff but you know what i've always been of the philosophy that if this is really a free country still if we still live in a free society i'm gonna test the boundaries of the first amendment come and get me you know what i mean come and get me if i get arrested guess what you know that I was barking up the right tree. So we'll see what happens. Well, and it's the same thing with social media, right? As soon as you say anything, whether it's right factually or not, if it goes against their narrative, they're going to take you off. They're going to strike you. They're going to ban you. And it's, it's a wild time, you know, and, and to think that we could be arrested for our thoughts is, is just, man, it, it, 
it sucks because that's not the way I grew up. You know, that's not how we were raised. That's not the country we grew up in. You know, although it's it was glamorized a lot. Right. I mean, there are a lot of warts on this country that have been, you know, mulled over and, and glorified in different ways. But when it came down to it, it's still one of the best nations in the world. You know, I wouldn't really want to live anywhere else. I don't think prior to this, all this shit happening. And now I'm like, do I even want to be here anymore? And then you're like, well, where do you go? Cause it's just as crazy everywhere else too. Right. Right. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I've, I've been pretty, uh, I guess afraid and tense are the best words to use ever since nine 11. Um, you know, I got out of the military a year before nine 11 occurred and I remember being on some peacekeeping missions in certain places and I had a secret security clearance in the military. So, you know, I was in, I scratched the surface of some reality, but you know, I was never in any of, you know, the shit or anything like, you know, I was never on the front lines or, you know, I I wouldn't say that I did anything that would um, have given me PTSD, I suppose, for lack of a better word. But I mean, it was stressful. I had difficult times, but you know, that was kind of the beginning of my quest. And, and then, like you said, you know, being able to live through the nineties and the early two thousands in San Diego, California. I mean, I tell people all the time, I lived more during those years than I think. most. And, you know, I said, I think I said one of my first episodes too, I could die today, a happy man. When thinking about all the stuff that I've already, you know, all the experiences I've had and all the stories that I have to tell and that kind of gives me a little bit more courage, I guess you could say. I talk about courage quite a bit to test that First Amendment out a little bit. Let's see. Let's see how much we can really talk about before, you know, the Stasi comes knocking on your door. So someone's got to do it. And this know? is this is really the last free platform. You know, if you think about it, I mean, podcast is the only place where you can really have a free voice, you know, and speak openly without having to fear censorship. I mean, unless you're sponsored and all that stuff, but I mean, you or I have no fears. I mean, we can basically say whatever now, every now and then you hear about somebody getting an episode hacked off, but it's mainly bigger accounts. And, and I think they, that we fly under the radar. Now I have a feeling that might change here in the near future, you know, as we go into this more technocratic state, that we're we're edging towards i think you're going to start seeing podcasts paid a little more attention to um i hope not because i mean it's it's great to see you know you get to and the best part about the podcast is everybody has their own way of doing it right you have a little touch of of punk rock in yours which is awesome you know nobody else that i know does that and then you know, there's other people that have uh, my friend Kyle, right? He's got conspiracy in the force. He does this Star Wars thing and it's a little niche thing. That's so cool. But we're all doing the same thing in the end. We're we're trying to pull back that curtain using different avenues to show people, guys, look, this is what's really going on. This is not the story that we've been told. And, and you have to open up your eyes. Otherwise, you're going to get consumed by this thing and, and just get swept up in it. And that's the tough yeah. part. That's the, Yeah, the I think there's, part. you know, you're right. It is tough. And I think that there's, you know, there's a 
two types of people. There's the type of people that really just aren't, you know, they just haven't reached the level of even ability to grasp the concepts. It's like, you know, you, you and me talking uh, right now, and a lot of people like us, like-minded individuals, searchers, you know, truth seekers, et cetera. Um, you know, the average American sitting in a room with us is looking at us like, who the F are these crazy psycho people that I am experiencing right now? Because they just, you know, and it's not, I'm not, it's not a dig. It's just the reality. Like some people just can't, you know, I remember when I was a teenager and I was thinking about government and presidents and rulers and, you know, how does the world really work? And you kind of just, you know, there, there are narratives out there telling you what, what those things are, you know, school does that, you know, this is, here's your history, his story, you know, here's the story that we want you to believe. And, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like I say on the show, as time goes by, a picture starts to form. The older you get, the wiser you get, you know, you see how things really work. You, it's easier to pull back that onion a little bit easier rather. And, you know, I think more people are starting to do it. That's what, you know, podcasting, like you said, it's the final frontier of freedom, man. <laughs> if, they, if they take podcasting away from us, I mean, that brave new Orwellian surveillance police state I talk about all the time, it's here. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it has arrived. I've been saying it's coming for a long time, and I feel like we're on the precipice. So I'm going to keep talking. We need to keep doing this, and people that are listening to our voices and have something to say and to offer to the world that have experiences and stories to tell. I hope they get on board because we need more rather than fewer in this day and age for sure. Yeah. yeah more rational, right? Cause it seems like those that are yelling the loudest have the least knowledge and have, they, oh, yeah. they're just all emotion, right? And they're not basing anything that they're saying on facts. And it's difficult because you can't, get caught up in that either because you're not going to win an emotional argument you have to have a rational discussion with someone to be able to even open up the possibility of them considering something new oh yeah. and you you had that great meme you posted today about you know going and doing your own research you know and 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 i think that's kind of you know we're almost like shepherds to that right we're pushing people to to we'll show you some of the information but part of it falls back on you that you got to you got to finish the last leg of it. You got to complete it on your end for your journey, your experience, because we know this stuff and we've done our research and we're, we're presenting it to you. But we're not going to give you everything. We can't hold your hand the whole way. At some point, you know, you got to take the training wheels off and do it on your own. That's ex you know, that what you just said reminds me of the Matrix when Morpheus says, I can only show, show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Yeah, I'm only offering you the truth. And once you get the truth, you can never go back. You can yep. never not have had that experience. And now you're changed, whether you want to be or not. And sometimes, and majority of the time, in my experience, and in my opinion, that is always for the better. You know, Aristotle, we cannot learn without pain. It's got to hurt a little bit or else you're not going to learn. Oh man, and, and talk about pain though. Once you 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 initially realize this, and you start looking at some of the things and come to the conclusion that you know you've been lied to for your entire life, it's crushing. You know, it's a it's a tough dark time to go through because 
initially you're like, well, then what's real? What, what can I believe? And, and that's a, that's a tough point to get to. Yeah. That, uh, that reminds me of the book, uh, James W. Lowen, uh, lies. My teacher told me everything your American high school textbook got wrong. <laughs> and I wrote a song about it back in the day from my old band nonprofit. It's called, uh, something to prove. Mm-hmm. And what you just said reminds me of the lying. If I told you everything you've ever learned was just a lie, would you even listen? And if I told you everything could change, it's up to us. Would you even care? Wow. Yeah, that's powerful right there. Because it's it's spot on though, right? You can you can bring this stuff and 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 even we both talked about Yuri Bezmanov, right? And one of the things that he said is people will get so brainwashed that you can present them with the truth and they will ignore it. They just don't want any part of it. And that's where we're at with a lot of folks. And, and I think once you come to the understanding that not everyone wants to go with you, right? Because initially, when you figure all this stuff out, you want to tell everyone and you want to you want to bring everybody with you to to save them, you know, so to speak. Yep. That's how it starts. Yeah. And and then you realize you have to be significantly more selective. (laughs) Yeah. There's just, there's certain people that no matter what you tell them, they're, they're set. And, and, and that's why the matrix is so philosophical, man. It's like, you know, some people are so hopelessly connected to the system that they're just, there's no possible way for them. And I always say on the show, like it has to start inside first. Like you can, you know, you can't teach people anything. You can only help them to discover it for themselves. Yeah, because in the end, it's your truth, right? It doesn't matter what what's true to me. It's what is your truth? What do you what do you believe in? What what makes your soul tick? Yeah. Um, oh, and I, well, I mean, I think truth, absolute truth is universal, regardless of what you want it to be. But I definitely agree with you that everybody is on a different point on their quest. And that's why you got to help each other out. You can't be ridiculing and mocking people like this whole campaign against Rogan right now. Oh my God. Like the guy just started asking, he had the balls in the platform. Like you said, to ask the serious difficult questions that anyone with the brain in their head is asking themselves and they're shutting him down. Dude, you're, t- uh, you just, you said it earlier on the show today. You said, it's only a matter of time and it's kind of scary to be a podcaster with a voice because if they're going to come, come after Rogan just for honestly talking about what he did and how he experienced ivermectin and life and whatever, you know, I mean, they're coming after all of us, man, sooner or later, as soon as we grow our shows big enough to be turning heads, that's when we got to start worrying. Well, and what's hilarious about him is you saw how there, obviously there was like 300 doctors that wanted him canceled or whatever, you know, yeah. silence. They want his episodes. That's a, that's a psyop if I've ever heard of one. Well, yeah. And you go and look at these doctors, they're like podiatrists. They're like, you know, they're people who have no real medical licenses. They're all like paper doctors, you know, it's like, and, and so then you see on the other side, Oh, well, 16,000 medical doctors come back and say that these 300 should basically just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Well, and you know, and all these stories, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've been saying that on the show since day one, too, is like, as soon as you just take five minutes out of your day to get a little intellectually curious and do a little poking around, I tell people all the time, it does not take much before you're going to stumble upon something that is going to blow your mind. And then it's like getting a tattoo, you're hooked. 
once yep. you once you dip your toe in that pond, there ain't no going back. <laughs> nope. And that's what I call starting that quest. Like, you know, you can't have an opinion until you start the quest. If you don't start, if you haven't started, you're still one of those lemmings walking around plugged into the matrix. You have no concept. You don't even you haven't even started the story. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't and- have conversation. That's that's like you said earlier. I you know, when you first start getting into stuff, you're like, you discover something, you're like, oh my God, I want to tell the world. But then, you know, we we all learn being a little bit too free with wanting to, you know, the credulity situation. You don't want to be too much of that. And you start be, becoming a little bit more discerning and then a little more, a little bit more skeptical. You start getting better at vetting the information you're receiving. You know, it's a process, trial and error, scientific method, just like learning anything else. It's a skill that is learned. And more people, like I said, need to start that quest of learning those skills. So, well, and part of the yeah. problem, you mentioned it before, it starts in the school system, right? We're not taught to think anymore. We're taught oh, what boy. to think, Don't not even get how me started. to think. <laughs> oh. And I, I struggle. I could talk it. about John Dewey for hours. Yeah. But well, it gets I, yeah, I got an eight-year-old. So he's in, you know, what is it, oh, third yeah. grade now? And it's a struggle because... You know, I look, I remember what we used to do and, and, and homework we had, I mean, the kid barely has homework. They don't, they don't give them anything to do. You know, it's, it's a really strange. And I'm like, what do you do all day? And, you know, he explains it to me. And when he was doing the uh, remote learning, I work from home. So I was with him all day and watching what they do. And it was comical because they didn't do much at all. And these kids are getting so stunted and, you know, retarded from, from being exposed to normal life that 20 years from now, it's going to be a trip. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty concerning. I mean, you know, at what point, I mean, I've been paying a lot of attention to Australia and man, (laughs) uh, you know, we're America, like despite our problems, like you said, uh, you, earlier, you said it yourself, like, you know, at one point in time, we were the best ticket in town. Um, one of my buddies, Sam Winchester, and I are about to do a show together. And our topic's going to be uh, being Xennial Gen Xers and just talking about how much the world has changed since our era. And I think you're, you're that era, too, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, I'm right with you. Yeah. Guys. So, yeah. So we could, you know, uh, like, like I said, I'm getting new to the interview thing and I got to figure out my tech situation. I like your backdrop, by the way. I need to get a cool backdrop. And a video oh, dude, thing it's going so on. easy. Just take your <laughs> yeah. I just took my show uh, picture and cropped it so that it would fit right there. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. People, the people that are listening and can't see, uh, Matt's got a great deception podcast. Question everything logo backdrop on his video, and it's awesome. I need to. I got to get, get a green step on my now, game because you can still see. It still gets all funky when you move, and and sometimes when you wear different shit. So if I get a green screen, it'll be yeah. it'll be money. It's oh, I agree for sure that uh, it's still uh, more than I got going on. So I like it. It's cool. Thanks, man. Um, so, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, just everything with the education and, and people. Oh, yeah. Rethinking. And, you know, the scariest thing is or what I can't deal with are the people that say they know. Right. Those people that they know everything. And, and you know, oh, one of the yeah. things that I've learned while learning across during this journey is that you know nothing 
in reality. You have some thoughts, you have some ideas, but what you truly know is so small, but people grasp onto these ideas of theirs and, and make them become fact. And, and, and then it's, I know this, this is true. Well, it's your truth, but it's not really true. And we go back to the absolute truth, like you were talking about before. And, and, and that's where I have a tough time because those are the people that tend to be the most ignorant. Uh, you know, the ones that, that come at you, they're the loudest, they're the most aggressive and the most entitled. Yeah. And, and because they have to battle you with emotion because the factual argument just isn't there. They don't have it. They don't have the knowledge, but they have yeah, the it, intensity. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's all based in fear. That's all fear. That's mm-hmm. all fear behavioral. That's all psychology. And uh, I remember I used to live at uh, this uh, gated apartment home community in San Diego back in the day. And uh, there was a big um, renter versus owner club with the HOA. And if you had a few people to the pool, you'd get some Karen coming out there just looking like she, you just killed her kid. Are you guys playing music and drinking alcohol at the pool? Are you a renter? Are you an owner? Do you, you know what I mean? And it's like this, it's like this holier than thou entitled you know, this is my part of the world and I will defend it to the death for no good reason. Like you could, I could, and I asked her, I remember I asked this lady, do you just want a beer? Come have a beer, just hang out, have a drink, talk to some friends, meet some members of your community. And she starts crying and it's common. People have not, they're so, the the powers that be and the tech world and everything that we always talk about has has literally, I, I personally believe that, Part of the goal is to keep you in front of a screen in your house away from people that if they can plug you into the matrix, the metaverse is coming. That's the goal. Because if you, I read this thing that they said that all the misinformation that you already see on the mainstream media these days, once we get all plug into the metaverse matrix tech, virtual reality world, uh, that information is going to multiply exponentially oh, you're yeah. not going to know your asshole oh, yeah. from a fucking hole in the ground pardon my french i don't know i'm supposed to keep this pc Can oh I no you're good man speak my right no exactly uh, i like to be respectful though you know um but you're right man like it, it, it we're living in a world where uh, you know i got buddies that have kids now and just the stories they're telling me about schools like you said and the the, the media screen bombarding of information in your head 24 7 just desensitizing people it's once you look at this stuff for what it is it starts to become very apparent well yeah and the thing that there's a plan in place yeah when i started seeing the post-truth world in headlines i'm like man we're screwed this is a bad time when when they're you know and and now you don't know what's real and what's not between what you're seeing on the television you know, but the ability to manipulate videos and, and things like that. We don't know. That's why I tell everyone to watch Wag the Dog. Yes. <laughs> Go watch that movie, yeah. Wag the Dog. Dustin Hoffman, you know that's a great flick. And that that's exactly what, like, it, it really does feel like everything you see on the news about the wars and about the conflicts is, you know, like, like they filmed it like maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe they filmed uh, the alleged landing on the moon by NASA. <laughs> that's another group you were just talking about nasa 
on oh, uh, yeah. Dangerous World. I, I heard that. That is badass, interesting stuff. Dude, that's wow. a document right there, man. Yeah, Dennis Bushnell wow. put out that thing back in, in 2001. So that just gives you an idea. Like people say, you know, they the, the first question they all, you know, that they always have is how could all these people and nobody talks? Well, this is how they do it. They do it in secret yeah. meetings. They disperse it among multiple groups. It's not one group. <laughs> and and they don't let this. And, and then eventually these things slip out, especially nowadays. You know, you get these leaks. And this document supposedly wasn't supposed to come out. Um, but it got out. And it has been verified by a bunch of journals that it is legitimate. And, man, it just talks <laughs> about this is 2001 again. Their plan or their vision, so to speak, for warfare in 2025. And by warfare, it incorporates not only, uh, you know, battlegrounds, but also, you know, domestically and, and how they're going to deal with people and, and feed people. And, oh, it's just, man, it's like 1984 some, is coming to life. It really is. And, you know, they want to <laughs> call the population. They want to feed you all these genetically modified foods. They want to get you on you know pharmaceuticals and eventually plop you in that metaverse and you're good to go yep it uh it's you know and i always say sometimes you know is it uh art that imitates life or is it life that imitates art and it's like how much forecasting and preparation for the future is being done not only on the news media or on you know podcasts radio shows all the stuff that you know is for educational value, not just entertainment value. But then think about all the movies and TV shows that are supposed to be for entertainment value, but have so much programming and subliminal messaging that is has been studied by very intelligent psychologists and people that study the human brain all the way back to Bernays and Freud. You don't think that we've reached a level where they got it down to a meticulous science like it is they're so good at what they do in this day and age and it's starting to show people like you and me and others are starting to find the kernel the heart of the matter we're starting to get to the center of that onion and it's going to be interesting to see how long we get to keep using our voice (laughs) well yeah and you look at like netflix you know, or any of these, you know, Hulu, whatever you want to Roku, oh, they're man. all owned by the big companies and they're all yep. pushing a message. I mean, you look at the programming that's on there and, and, you know, when you mentioned Bernays, that's the first thing. Cause it's like his great grandson or something that's initiated Netflix. So, you know, it's an operation to begin with, but then you look at the programming and it's all satanic and sexual and, you know, just, it's all bad television. Like I, I try, I go on there and try to find something that's like uplifting. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Even the kids <laughs> programming, you know? Right, right. And, and that's where we've that's gone crazy. with things. And it's frustrating because you look at it and you're like, man, how did it get here? Like, how, how did we get here? And, you know, you think like we were talking about growing up in the 90s, 80s and 90s. That was, you know, you didn't have any of these you know, no social media, no phones. We were, we were living free and, and just running around wild, you know, it was, we were borderline, uh, you know, wild child. Cause especially, you know, you think ruling the world. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I ruled when I was in my, 
when I was in my 20s and 30s, like I said, uh, I was playing like on the Sunset Strip at the Whiskey, like living out every rock star fantasy I had growing up in a small town in rural Minnesota. And you, nobody gets to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, nobody gets to do that, but very few people around the world in different countries get to have the experiences that we Americans get to have. So hate the history and hate the problems that we have and hate hate it as much as you want for all the terrible that it is. It's still in the experiences of a human being throughout human history, probably the best ticket that has ever been. Oh, yeah. What like yeah. it or not. It's reality. Domestically, at least, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and and but that doesn't then you, mean we don't got mountains to climb in in order to fix things. Obviously. Yeah, and and but at the you same know, time, you can't erase all of those blemishes, you know. And that's the major problem I Nor have. Should with, we with people today is you know we can't have certain statues. It's because it hurts my feelings. Like oh, that's man. where we've gone wrong. Because now people's feelings and their emotions have replaced rational thinking, and and everything's based on emotion you know look at politics all they do is hit at your you know strings all day it's all emotional issues and they never solve any of them they're just bringing them to your attention so that they can you know they need that polarity right those two sides that's why we have two parties that's you know there's two Mm -hmm. ends to a battery and we're just the things in the middle that are keeping that charge going and they use us for that and they know it and uh, like you said before, they have this down to an art form between the way they deliver messages in the media, the way they del- deliver messages in programming through the education systems. It's all been well orchestrated over the last couple hundred years to get to this point. And, and this is, you know, I know I hate the people that talk end of times, but we're in an end of an era right? We're not at end of days. I'm not saying the world's going to end, but we are shifting to a, a new era here and you can feel it and it's not going to be easy, but hopefully with the right people pushing forward, we'll end up in the right era. You know, we'll, we'll get there collectively together. Yeah. It's gonna. I mean, like I always say, it's a, it's a tall task. It's, it's, you know, the, all I really feel that all any of us can do is exactly what we're doing. Yep. Getting on podcasts, talking to each other, having conversations in a world where the sense of community that once existed, uh, even in a city, like obviously the sense of community is, is great when you get out into small town America, but you know, back in, like when I lived in San Diego, you're in a big city and I really did feel like I was part of a community, a greater community. I had a huge network of people and that's going away even in the cities now. Now they want you in your box, in your condo, in your apartment. You can order your groceries to your door. Amazon will bring anything you want to your door. It's like people say capitalism failed. No, 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 no. Capitalism works too well. That's the problem with capitalism is that it's aiding the powers that be get to to fulfill their plan of turning us into robots into batteries for the machines plugged into the matrix the 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 proletariat and their little small group is that bourgeoisie and that's the socialist like you talked about uh, yuri bezmanov that's not just an uh, a, a soviet plan that's a plan for the world and as soon as you start digging and stumbling upon that go you guys 
both of our listeners, I haven't talked about this on my show yet. Henry Kissinger. Have fun. You want to dive in? You want to dive into this stuff? You want you want a, a step one uh, novice introductory course into the realities of this world? Just go look at the life of Henry Kissinger. Boom. There you go. That's that's 101. Real life 101. Dive in. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one because he's and he's tied to everybody. That's the that's the amazing thing about that guy. You start looking into Once him. Once you see those tentacles and those arms forming, oh man. And how is it's he still scary. alive? It's scary. I don't know, man. David Rockefeller didn't die till he was like 100, and I think he had like four heart transplants. Yeah. So pff, who knows? <laughs> oh, these people, these parasites, they're not falling fast enough. But it's he's bad, one of the, man. He is one of the true neocons, though. When you you think about that, that it that is a guy. Oh, yeah. Just pure evil. I mean, there's well, nothing like Cheney. I feel that way about Cheney too. Oh, Cheney's yeah, same. Yep. Just absolute devils. <laughs> it's funny because Jeez. you look at these guys and and you know they're not like us. You know, that's the thing that blows oh, my no. mind. I cannot relate to these people at all. I don't understand you. their mindset. I don't understand their mentality. I don't understand their their bloodlust. You know, I just don't get it. That's what I think we're all trying to figure out. Is is it really as bad as it sounds once you start stumbling upon? And like you said, you know, a lot of people stay away from the KM stuff and a lot of the history of, you know, the Babylonian Talmudists, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. I won't get into the 15 other uh, AKAs that go along <laughs> with that, obviously. But, you know, I, I like, like I said, I like to dip my toe in just a little bit. Let's see. Come get me. Like, I want to see if I get, I, I, I did get a little pushback about the owl thing. Got a little bit of pushback from that, to be honest. I got a couple messages that were, uh, you know, slightly concerning, but you know, like I wanted to comment on this too. You said something earlier about the, the diffusion of, um, knowledge. Like how could so many people be in on some, uh, grand, you know, conspiracy scheme or whatever right think about this when i was in the military i had i had a a secret security clearance and security clearances have levels so you have a confidential clearance you have a secret clearance and then you have a top secret clearance and within all of those different fact those different gatekeepers because that's what it is that's that's how the secret societies work that's how governments work that's how every hierarchy that has ever existed in the human race works is there's information that the newbies get to know. And then there's information that the corporate CEOs at the top of the pyramid get to know. And it's, that's, there's, there's a format for a reason. And in the military, it's been 20 years. So this information would be declassified. So I can say it. I had a secret security security clearance. I was on an amphibious transport dock, USS Ogden LPD five. It has now been decommissioned. So it's no longer, uh, in the fleet, but we were basically a Marine expeditionary unit taxi service. We brought a uh, little tank. They're called AAVs, amphibious attack vehicles. Yep. Uh, the, the back of my ship, we have these ballast tanks in the hull and we fill them with water. And so then this, the ship sinks down into the water, like 12 to 15 feet. And then we have a stern gate on the back of the ship and the stern gate opens and these amphibious attack vehicles drive from the ship, boom, right into the water, and then sail to the beach. 
like 2020 formation, like 20 person to a craft. And that was my job. I launched those boat raids, uh, being an operations specialist. And my secret security clearance, the only, you have, there's this other thing called need to know. So you can have a confidential clearance, you can have a secret clearance, you can have a top secret clearance, but within each one of those clearance levels, there's also need to know. And the only thing I ever had needed my clearance for was when my battle group went into the Straits of Hormuz, which is the channel leading into the Persian Gulf. My job was every minute on the minute for six hours on, six hours off every day, was to plot bearings and ranges to the east, the Iranian missile silos that were pointed towards the strait. That was my job. That was the only reason why I needed a security clearance in the military. So just think of how much information that exists to be known by everybody in every branch of, the, of our military, the military industrial complex, the DOD, et cetera. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's so regimented yeah. and, and boxed down into little tiny pieces that nobody will ever really know, except for the people running the operations at the top of that pyramid, period. Bourgeoisie, proletariat, that's yep. the future. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And 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 if you don't believe it, I mean, <laughs> I can't I can't make you believe it, but it is what it is. And you think about it, they've been doing it for hundreds of years, right? And and they oh, have the mentality, science. and that's what they that's what you learn in the Ivy Leagues, and in the you know, in the Skull and Bones, and the that that's where it starts. <laughs> well, yeah, and and they they also started the fraternal system, right? That was a Jesuit started oh, yeah. institution. So you look at that; yep. they're getting into that. Okay, we're we're not going to go for the people that are going to the working class. We're going to go into the quote unquote educated, and we're going to start picking them off right away when they're young. Get them into our grasp, and then we hold on to them and we put them in positions where we can manipulate them. And I I never understood why that was so hard to see. Um, you know, when you look at these different groups that growing up you think, oh wow, these are such great group. You know, like the the Rhodes Scholars. I mean, the mm-hmm. Rhodes Scholarship. That's you know, that's not something I'd ever want to win now. Thinking about it, yeah. you know, and knowing what's behind that, and uh, it's it's just the perversion <laughs> or inversion of everything that you know between symbols and and what happened and didn't happen and people. We're we're just we are given such a weird narrative that slight you know sifting through it and trying to find what's really down there it's not an easy trip oh no it's it's a choice i i I say that all the time about happiness too i think this is a ryan reynolds quote so i can't believe i'm about to quote ryan reynolds (laughs) but i think he said happiness he said in an interview one time happiness is a choice and it's a shame more people don't choose it and i feel the same way about starting your quest you know, the yeah. metaphoric quest I always talk about is it really, it has to start inside first. You have to just be sitting in your room, in your own head, and the the spirit or the light or whatever has to enter your body, however you define those metaphors, uh, you know, for whatever you believe in and whatever, right? And it has to just hit you and you just get curious. You get curious and you know, not everybody, you know, the, the, the days of the uh, philosopher, I don't know. I don't know if the future's looking bright for the real philosophers these days. <laughs> Are there you know? any? 
You know who? who I don't know. And, and, and you know, when, you, when you think about how how loved and celebrated all of the Greeks and the Roman philosophers and everyone in between in our past is celebrated, you start realizing, well, if all of this is history told by the victors, like you talk about, then is there a group that is behind all of it? How many politicians are Freemasons? How many, how many people in every position, high position in government and politics? And, you know, I talk about uh, John Perkins with uh, being an economic, an economic hitman, confessions yep. of an economic hitman. He said, we're the ones responsible for building this truly first ever global empire. Yep. And that's what he said. He said that he, he had a guy from Georgetown that got him in to the big club. Once you're in, you're in. If you talk about it, you're in trouble. And, yep. you know, yep. by the way, we might have to take you out to Epstein Island and have a little uh, ritual ceremony so that we got you. Now we got you. As soon as we get a couple pictures of you doing some illicit shit, you're in our pocket forever. And that's how they operate. Yeah. And, and it's once you mentioned that, it, it came to mind that, you know, you think about these people. And when we were growing up, the the biggest fear a politician had would be outed to be outed right to be noted as being right now right you know these guys are getting caught with tranny prostitutes and it's not even an afterthought but it's 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 perverted even more into kids and you start looking at it and it's like oh man where does it stop you know like at what point and 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 that gets you back into this whole reset thing and and my mind always wonders you know how many resets have there been? You know, what were some of the old civilizations like, or how many times has it happened? And are we in that Roman, you know, that that situation where things just get so bad and so disconnected with nature and reality that there has to be this reset? And uh, I, I really feel like that's where we, and it's been gone into hyperspeed the last 20 years. I mean, if you look at the direction that overall society's gone. And one of the big things I think that changed it was the switch from analog to digital, right? You look at that change that took place in the early 2000s and, and that changed more than just, uh, you know, electronics that I, I really feel like that changed humanity also. And it, it's not noted as much or given as much credence as, as I really think it should be. Yeah, I would love to dive into that Hedron Collider thing and the internet. People say that, that, like, what really happened with that? What did they discover there that, that, you know, I mean, we don't, who knows what they told us versus what they actually, what actually happened. Yeah. And, and they're firing that thing up in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> just like 5G. Up. Well, 5G's today, <laughs> right? Or tomorrow. Uh, we were just, uh, like you just said, I was just thinking about that. Like, like why was it so hard for people to see what's going on? And you know why? Because that propaganda that they have down to a science is so effective and people like you and me are able to see it and we can scream it from the rooftops. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't know how many people we're going to be able to wake up, but we got to keep trying. We got to keep trying. Oh yeah. And, and there's nothing that makes me more happy, you know, doing the podcast than when I get an email or a DM from someone that says, I listened to your show and it made me think, and I'm like, yes, I'm like mission accomplished. That's all there I it want. is. You know, I don't there care if I get a million views. I don't care if I make money off this thing. If I can just get a couple of people to think and maybe they get a couple, you know, and, and then you get that, 
that game going where we just pass it down the line and that's how it's done. And that's what I think, you know, like I, I, I keep saying it over, I, I really think like we are shepherds of truth and, and we have to bring this information forward. It was our, it's our purpose here to, to let people know that there's other people out there and other opinions out there that they have to consider that what you've been inundated yeah. with your whole life. We're fulfilling reality. a market need. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the, thir- there's a thirst for it. And it's, I think that's one of the fun things for me as a podcaster and probably for you and anyone that's really into it and, and good at it is seeing the, how it grows, who the people are that are becoming your audience. Well, what's their story. Sometimes people message you, you know, you get to, you get to hold on, stay away from me people, but then you also get the, wow, who is this? Maybe this is something I, you know, somebody that can teach me, maybe you know, this can be a guest on the show. And, you know, it, it's, it, it is one of those things where it's, it's more rewarding, just like I, I'm sure every artist in whatever art form that they do feels the same way is that it's rewarding, just like it's the journey and not the destination necessarily. Yeah. It's the doing the work and taking the walk down the road unknown. That is the most important. That's the payoff. And a lot of people don't get that, you know? No, and it's it's so easy to do these days. That's the other thing. People don't realize how easy it is to get your voice out there. And it doesn't have to be a full-blown podcast. It can be through your social media. It can oh, be, yeah. you know, going on street corners and handing out flyers. It, it's it's There's so many different ways to be effective these days. And I really think, though, that the more people you can at least just get your message to, and, and, and have an opportunity to get them to possibly think about it. That's, that's all we're asking. You know, I just, I just want you to listen. That's it. I'm not asking you to invest anything. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just listen and, and, and think. Yeah. And, and if we can get there, we're going to be good, man. I mean, it's, it's not an easy task though, because you got to break. There's a lot of spells that have to be broken. And uh, (laughs) I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've gotten into in the last, well, I, I, I did an interview with this guy, um, Tarrant Firestride. He's the, calls himself the Mad Hatter. On uh, I listened to that guy. That guy's cool. He's, he's deep. I like that guy. such a great dude. And he got me into this book, Word Magic. And I was reading it, and, and you start to realize how a lot, not only our legal system, but the terms that they use in books, historical books, terms that they use on the news, there it, it's all a word game and they're playing sure. with the language to get language shapes reality yeah yep. and I, I wasn't I, I had no i wasn't privy to this man i was i was flying around with blinders on now i start recognizing it and and, and especially you know when i get into this i do a lot of shit with the old buildings obviously and you see a lot yeah, of we're times, gonna talk about that before we end today yeah they they <laughs> go into uh they start talking about founded you know, they say these buildings were founded and you look at yep. founded and it's found dead. So it's, you know, you start looking and you're like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. They're, they're not going to tell you that they built it because they didn't and it's bad for their karma. But what they will tell you is they found it. And, and, ah, oh, the word magic that you, you, and once you see it, you're like, oh, okay, I see your spell. And, and it's what, fun. What, what do they call that when the, the, piecing together words in a language is an etymology yeah the etymology Et- yeah that that is you know 
like, you know, Chomsky, Noam Chomsky's, you know, world famous linguist, anyone that in Carlin, Carlin, George Carlin always talked about the language and how words change over time. And it's fascinating. Like you said, when you dive into that stuff. Oh, and yeah. another thing that's fascinating. This is, uh, this is one of the things I wanted to ask you today that I didn't have anything planned for our interview, but because like you said, I like just winging it and seeing where the com- conversation goes. Uh, but I did want to ask you a question in a somewhat inter- interview f- form, because I know that you're the guy to ask. So here we go. Let me ask you this one question. Tartaria for dummies. Explain it to me like I'm five years old, because I've there's so much. There is so much. As soon as I try to get into it, it's like there's so many stories. I, I, I feel like I need the cliff notes. So yeah, when so, I had the opportunity yeah. to talk to you, I was going to say, hit me in the face with tell me about Tartaria. I want to know. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's one of those in layman's terms. <laughs> yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Right. It, it's been around, I would say, about five or six years um, making the rounds. And it really got big about two years ago. Um, and, and so what the gist of it is, is that if you look at the map of Russia and if you look at the far eastern side of it, basically where Siberia would be, Mongolia mm-hmm. out that way, where it borders with China, there was a country called Tartaria mm-hmm. or Tartary is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden maps started it disappeared from the maps. So, and then it got into, um, they had, they had a flag, they had a government. And, and, and so you start looking at it. And then what we find out is, is in the fifties, the CIA was working with the Russians to eliminate this group from any historical records. And there's, there's a CIA memo uh, that's out there that you can read on this where they basically say that there will be no more mention of this country. Now that that's what we, I know about Tartaria in itself. Now the, where it starts, like you're saying, it gets crazy is that the theory behind Tartaria is that there was once this worldwide civilization of great builders uh, advanced technology, advanced knowledge of energy and um, of cymatics, of sacred. What if geometry. that's the secret information in the Freemasons and all those groups? And, and that's you know that sounds like crossover. It, it sounds like the Vatican archives. You know the stuff you would find in the Vatican archives, and and hmm. basically what you know Tartaria has become this thing where everybody will throw everything into that bucket and just say, oh, right. okay. Whereas you know, I, I differentiate the two. I, I talk about Tartaria as the country and trying to find out about more about that. Now, what I happened to, yeah, what I'm looking at is there was some sort of worldwide civilization though, because if you look at the architecture across the world, uh, oh, yeah. you look at the stories, right? The myths, some of the legends. That's kind of irrefutable when you start looking at that stuff. Yeah. And, and so, so much similarity. You start seeing this. And so what people are, are, they put the two together. Now, is there a real link? I don't, I don't know. I haven't found any yet. But what I have found is that, you know, before the last reset, which looks like there was some sort of, cataclysmic disaster 
um, you know, between earthquakes, there's talk of a mud flood, which is essentially mm-hmm. where upwards of in, in certain areas, 40 feet of mud would just bury an entire town. Um, and, and this supposedly happened globally. It was a global catastrophe. Um, Do you think that the flood they talk about in all the, you know, the Christian story and all the religious stories? I think it's our version of it, right? I, I think, right. There, like I said before, I think there's been multiple cataclysms, multiple resets, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, so I think there was. That's what it action. seems like. Yeah. I, I think you can, you can say that there it's was. It's like the architect's seventh version of the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. A harmony of mathematical genius. There's so many possibilities when you think about it. I mean, time, we don't even understand the concept of time. We don't under, you know, we don't know whether it's linear, whether it's circular, what what it is. So you start getting into this. And and what I'm trying to understand is, see, I backed into it. I'm going from the 1800s backwards, basically, because I'm trying to figure out where we are right now. And it looks like this last cataclysm that would have erased what they considered the Tartarian civilization, you know, that Tartarian era is is what I label it. If we're going to use the term Tartaria, I like to call it just the old world. Um, There was this, it was, you know, 18th, maybe early 19th century. I I think it's more so the 18th century. It was in the 1700s that it happened. And I think that during the late 17th and early 18th centuries, when it started getting dug out, and that's what we see are remnants of some of the buildings that they dug out from this old world. Some that yeah, weren't even it's fascinating, but yeah, it's Tartaria is an interesting, actually, um, if you want to read an interesting article, article, my buddy, Emmanuel Kingman, you can go to his website, emmanuelkingman.com. And he just put out an article, like a six or eight page article. Uh, it's WTF is a Tartarian. And <laughs> he goes through and, you know, basically, says a little bit he goes into some other things too like the thousand year millennial reign and and things like that that i found interesting and never really thought about um but he goes into some of the stuff about you know the story of tartaria right like how what people think of it and then really okay what it is but i what i really when it boils down to it if i was to you know label it i would say it was a uh, a time and now, and he takes a different stance though, too. He says that the Tartarians were Raphaim. So they were giants um, and that they weren't good people. They weren't here to better society. They were here to enslave us. So that was an interesting approach too. But the basic gist is there was some sort of civilization prior to us that had advanced knowledge of not only the physical grid of the earth you know they had the ethereal grid as well they could right. work with the energy that's the most yeah that i was gonna say that's the most compelling part for me is when you put the evidence that people have discovered over the years about what these pre, uh, pr- previous prior whatever civilizations uh had as far as level of technology and then you put that story that begins to form up against the story we've been told about yeah. who discovered what, when, and how. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. different. 
and and there's been a lot of puppets put in place in our story, right? Or in his story. I oh, for sure. You know, oh, just, all of them at this point. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it, what really broke my world was uh, I was listening to um, oh, what's uh, Michael Wan, and he was talking about baseball. And I was a big baseball fan, baseball player growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I coach still to this day. Uh, nice. And, and uh, but he goes, he goes, you know, Abner Doubleday didn't invent baseball. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's that. And then he's <laughs> like, nah, it was invented by this other guy. Double Doubleday was like a Civil War general who was a Freemason, and they just wanted to add more titles to his name. So he had nothing to do with baseball whatsoever. But he's credited with founding the game because he's a Mason. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, mm. so not even baseball's free of this. And then he started going into all the masonic things about the game you know like the diamond on the field <laughs> nothing's and, safe and i was like son of a bitch i'm like now nothing i'm like everything's ruined now nothing's pure but that's the way it is with this with oh, the tartaria boy. stuff though uh we were talking about the free what, what boggles my mind is the free energy I, idea and and that they were you yeah because you go into a church at least some of the bigger churches and older churches and there's a feeling you get when you walk into that place there is a it just it takes over your body and it's not like a you know you say it's a religious experience but it's a spiritual experience it's it's oh, yeah, something sure. that's connecting there's an energy in that building and that's what i think a lot of these buildings were intended for not only obviously to house people but they were they were instruments they were tools in the yeah city. and some some people even say some people even say that the organs and the sounds were medicinal. Like they would use sound frequencies to heal ailments in the body and stuff there. I read this thing the other day about there's some place in Tibet where the monks use the sound therapy to, to fix like whatever issues, cancer cells or, you know, whatever's growing in the human body. I don't know if there's any truth to it or science behind it, but like you said, there it's interesting to learn what, people the people that came before us really had access to well yeah and there is frequency healing you can get heal there's healing tones um there's there's different vibrations that that have healing abilities to us because if you think about it our body is mainly water right and mm-hmm. and water oh is, yeah is a conductor so if you can if you and can the frequency get, thing too exactly yeah. so you get that yeah. you get that water in a in a right state i mean you look at um all the uh masahiro miyamoto studies that he did with water where depending on tone or frequency water takes different shapes and and has different um that stuff so fascinating when you see the shapes and the water from Oh, vibrations yeah. i've seen those there's those are awesome yeah and then you look at those and then you look at what these star forts right and and i did a whole thing on star forts because you look i at saw that yeah and they all follow these cymatic patterns so you're telling me back in the 15 to mid 1800s they built all these things with all this intricate design just for aesthetic purposes i'm like and I, then I, tore I, it down for fun yeah, well, yeah. Then, then you get into yeah. They're, they're playing bullseye with every building or lighting a match. See that that level of craftsmanship makes me wonder about the whole stonemason, Freemason, like There's ancient knowledge for building and architecture and no, math. Did you, you know? hear it? It's it's a it's word magic. They're Freemasons. 
they take the Freemasonry. The original Masons are the ones who built it. Right. And that's that's how I'm seeing it now. Oh, is yeah. There were there were original Masons oh. that that built the planet and then came along these Freemasons who claim credit for these buildings, but they don't know how to build shit. That's awesome. That that makes me think that like, the first run, uh, you know, Enlil, Enlil and Enki from the Anunnaki, that was like the first uh, uh, to Earth from the heavens. They came or whatever they always talk about in ancient alien theory. Like that yeah. was the first group of maybe extraterrestrial extraterrestrials and they made us in quote our own image their own image quote unquote and you get that in multiple different religions there's fascinating when you dive into that stuff oh yeah without a doubt the anunnaki that whole story is you know and that comes from sumerian tablets so there was writings about this but if you think about if you go from that concept then we're in a you know what we our stories really gets flipped upside down and that's where you can break some people's brains is you start getting into that stuff <laughs> break my own brain oh I, when, when i first i first read that when was that that was probably the beginning of the like last march i started getting into that stuff between the anunnaki and the story of gilgamesh and enoch and all that and the giants and for like three weeks, my head was just spinning because I didn't know what was real, what was, you know, these stories were so amazing, but yet they made sense, you know, and that's why yeah. old me would have just said, oh, that's bullshit. I'm not even reading that book. It's stupid. And now right. I'm like, I, I love reading things or listening to things just to consider the possibility. That's where I'm at now. I, I You could tell me the yeah. craziest shit in the world and I, I might say, yeah, that's a little crazy, but okay. Yeah, cool. At least consider it. Let it swirl around a little bit before you make a decision like a rational person, right? Yeah. And that's where, (laughs) you know, getting back to that. That's why I can't get out in reality, man. I'm having a tough time with it because there's just so many irrational people out there. Like I go to the grocery store. I haven't I haven't worn a mask in the grocery store this whole lockdown bullshit. Right. And I can't tell you how many people have yelled at me for it. Like screams, like gotten divide and conquer divide and conquer agenda incarnate and i just don't get it i just smile at him like i'm sorry you feel that way and i just keep going on i'm not going to be a dick to him but at the same time it's like you're really that mad you're you're that scared when it's adults when it's adults that should know better it's embarrassing to me oh yeah i'm embarrassed for those people well, it's like the, you know, I had a run in with a lady at my son's basketball game because they want him to wear them during basketball. And I'm like, I'm like, buddy, I'm like, you pull that thing down below your nose when you're playing. And if you need to get fresh air, pull it down below your chin, take a break. I'm never going to yell at you for taking fresh air. Well, this lady was right. a mask Nazi. Right. She's screaming oh, at him. Of and my ex-wife is, is trying from the stands. She's like, buddy, just, just pull it up a little bit. So this woman, she's probably about 5'10", 300 pounds comes over and and starts yelling at my ex and i'm like hey hey i'm like we're all trying to help here i'm like you don't need to yell at anybody i'm like as much as i'd like to yell too no we're not yelling at her yeah and uh and i'm like i'm like the masks don't even work she goes that's what you think i'm like no that's what the cdc just said like you're you don't brainwashing and i said to her so i go i go so listen i said you've obviously ignored your health for the majority of your life, but now you think you can tell me what's healthy for me and not. And she just looked at me and walked away. And one of the, one of the dads on my team goes, thank you. 
because somebody yeah. finally put her in her place. Because it's like, dude, you you can't tell me that what just being you, rational. Yeah, what's healthy for me now when you've ignored your health your whole life? Now, listen, if you are a fit good person, point. You have, you're a doctor and you have some knowledge and you think it's in my best interest, you can recommend it to me. But still, you can't tell me what to do. And 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 now if you throw in the factor that you're just a slob and you, you have paid no attention to your health, get the fuck out of here. I'm not listening to a word you say. Oh, and, and it's usually- almost accepted. It's almost like they it's almost like they got a hall pass, too. Like well, nobody I, I talks said to her. Nobody go, talks your, about where's it. your sheriff's badge. You know, like now, obviously, you're the health police. Like, show me your badge because <laughs> like every, that's what all these Karens have now. They have this health badge that they are the they are the the bearers of of true health. And it's a face mask and an injection. Oh, Come on. Reminds me of a reminds me of a quote. Uh, Any argument uh, against freedom is rooted in a lack of belief in freedom itself. Yep. So true. So <laughs> it's true. like you don't really believe in freedom. You believe in dictatorship. See, and that's what scares me about this future 21st century new world order, one world government that may be upon us, you know, is it, it is. It's like this robot nation of man's going to merge with machine and they're going to vaccinate us into eliminating the ability to experience spiritual life from the human race and we will we will we will be robots and we will eventually become machine merge with whatever and maybe that's what the gods really are i, I get trippy when i think about this stuff oh yeah it's psychedelic i like to think i like to think that there's transformers flying through the universe that at one time in the remote past were actual human beings <laughs> dude my buddy you traced the lineage up, right my buddy brought up a crazy one the other day he goes okay he goes so magic right he goes what happens what happened if maybe the good magicians and the bad magicians had a war and and now there's just no magic left in the realm and i was like i think that's the transformer story man yep and that's when you (laughs) said autobots versus uh decepticons right there (laughs) that's exactly what i thought as soon as you said transformers i'm like yep that's it right there that's the story of the transformers it's all about magic amazing See, that's how these stories, you said it yourself, they just keep getting refurbished and reframed for the new demographic target market. That's how it goes. It's a science at this point. Well, and that's all people don't even realize it. Right. Disney's just telling old stories that they rip off from other people. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And, and so and that's what we get a lot of times is you get these myths and and now they change them to meet modern times and that's when you lose me because they don't match like it doesn't it doesn't add up and you can't throw a social justice warrior thor at me i'm not buying it sorry yeah it's uh you know it really does you know i, I don't know what people younger than me or i definitely don't know what the children of our era are thinking now as they're experiencing uh, the world during those years that in a much different way than you and i did but I'm I'm scared. One of my biggest fears, I think, is that the old and the wise are like diminishing. You know what I mean? And and I don't know if the whole population control thing is really going to, you know, finish the job. But as soon as they get the, the average IQ, you know, ability to think critically and analyze the world out of the human consciousness, that's the beginning of this machine robot future 
I mean, it's it scares the shit out of me when you start to understand the common themes. Yeah, because people have been talking about these stories throughout history, like Orwell and Huxley, and even before that, the philosopher Schopenhauer, the social contract theorists, uh, the Thomas Paines, like every figure in human history that may or may not have been part of a secret group, secret society, secret knowledge, aristocracy. There is information in reality that not everybody knows, and that's on purpose. And that's what I think the quest embodies is going from ignorance towards wisdom. And I'm scared that the, the, as time goes on, the fewer of us that do that, the closer to completion and checkmate this big clubs game is getting. Yeah. And that's what that's what it's all about. The media propaganda, the everything. And yeah. And, and the, the ability, the lack of ability to discernibly think is is what's going to do it because that's the goal my my biggest fear with this whole you know vaccine or whatever they're doing is the effect it's going to have on the population because what we're already seeing is that it's messing with women's menstrual cycles and their ability to reproduce and this is immediately we're you know we're talking it's only been out for a year or so. What really quick, long- couple that with the 5G and the frequencies. That apparently is has to do with low sperm count infertility too. So we're getting double, triple whammied with this stuff. Oh, yeah. Think about it. I mean, and and you, I, I noticed it. I moved into an apartment uh, complex in late 2020 after living in, you know, out in the country for the most part for, for a while. And do I feel it? in here you can feel all the you know the frequencies in here your ears ring constantly for the most part like there's just all this wi-fi and 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 waves coming into this place electromagnetic yeah you can just it's not healthy and i think i'm like holy shit i'm in a small town in in an apartment complex what about like new york city you know, think about the effect oh, that it yeah. must have there because you have all the towers and everything and all well, and the just- car- yeah, the carcinogens, the closer you live to those towers, they say it causes cancer and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Yep. Which is, you know, <laughs> that's a whole different animal. And, and you notice that yeah. all, all these towers just popped up while we were in lockdown. And then the other thing, well, they're everywhere now. Yeah. The other thing you're seeing too, is not only the towers, what they aren't telling you, though, is they also have these transmitters that they've placed all over the place that are much smaller that they'll like hide in, you know, ornamental decorations and things. Oh, yeah. Um, I've heard about that, too. Yep, yeah. Right. I saw a video the other day of a guy who was going around There's so much. shit. He was checking out <laughs> these church little like mini church steeples that were on the side of the road that they had just recently put up and they were off the charts with RF frequency. So he's like, yeah, this, this makes me think for 5g. It makes, it makes me think that in the future, there's going to be like drone wars where well, it's like a group of people weaponized drones and then they it, fight with other people's weaponized drones. And what they're going to be firing missiles and lasers and shit. Like we're fucked. We're you fucked. nailed it because that's what that, uh, the second, the second part of that, uh, podcast that I'm going to do with Ryan on that NASA document. That's what they talk about. It's all oh, about man. future. The future warfare is all swarm warfare. It's all UAVs and things like that and drones and, uh, lasers. And that's, that's what they're telling us is coming. And they're, they're even talking. 
Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, okay. Were talking well, well, about- no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like you know, Matrix and Terminator and the Brave New World story and Orwell's 80, 1984. It's literally like you ever seen that funny meme where it's like it wasn't supposed to be a, a, a blueprint or an instruction manual. It was supposed to be a warning. Yeah, these weren't <laughs> supposed to be documentaries. Like They're supposed to be warnings. Art imitating life no, and life like, imitating art. But that's where it is. I mean, you're starting to get to this point. And I think that was, I mean, partially you got to think that was intentional right? That's part oh, of for that sure. for preconditioning sure was. is putting it out there. And that's what they do. They, you know, I, I laugh when I talk to people and I'm like, these people are magicians. They're illusionists. They put things out into the ether and expect them to come back to them. And at times they do come back to them, but others they don't. So they're going to keep trying these plans over and over until they get the desired outcome. And they're not uh, looking that's at like it. That's like the whole alchemist. That's yeah, the whole alchemist story. They're not looking at it in a five-year window. They're looking at it in a hundred-year window or two. Oh, yeah. They're playing window. the long game for sure. Yep. Exactly. And that's what we have to understand because it doesn't matter anymore. We're past that point. You have to either, you know, realize what's going on or you're just going to get sucked up into it. And and that's why I keep and that's why I keep repeating on my show that James Madison line: slow usurpations over time <laughs> well, JFK TSA, said it too, right 9-11 infiltration over invasion exactly yep there you go exactly that's that's why they popped him i talk about that on my show quite a bit like it once you start looking at what really happened it's like oh they he was gonna blow the whistle they got rid of the threat it happens it's like it's it's such a repeatedly occurring reality of human history that people in modern day America just don't believe, Oh, that this stuff doesn't happen anymore. Oh no. I'm just going to keep watching, you know, American idol and well, yeah. Like MK ultra. (laughs) That's reality, right? Yeah. MK ultra, the mind control programs are the best example because the, you know, the CIA admits they did them up until the seventies, but then they just stopped and they would never do it again. Like, Oh yes. Never. We would never do such a thing. If you believe that these (laughs) demons are going to do something that benefits them and then all of a sudden they're going to stop because a few people cried out you are lost yeah it's it's becoming uh increasing you know I, I really would i'd love to do i don't know if it's possible it's probably not possible but i'd really love to do some type of psychological study where they you know you give some type of interview question test to people from different age group demographics you know 10 to 20 or 20 to 30 whatever and just ask them kind of an overall encompassing uh set of questions that are intended to show you know indirectly i guess through their answers how they view certain things in the world to just kind of get a picture of how is the majority of people really processing uh their environment and what they're experiencing and how is it translating into you know, new thought processes and maybe the increase of wisdom. I don't know if AI is going to help us do that at some point, but you know, I, it, I, it would, it's like, that's the science that I want to see is how much is this show, this Leviathan of world government really affecting how much we are able to critically analyze. I'd really be interested to see the under 20 group in that because that's, that's the group. I mean, with this, the, the way they do things in school now and 
you know, these uh, standardized tests that they they've created. It's, you know, it's no longer and Nico, uh, my buddy Nico from the Upstate Unconventional podcast, he was a teacher. And he got out of it because he's like, I can't deal with this anymore. We're not allowed. I've to heard teach- that story so many times now. So yeah, many teachers. he's like, oh, yeah. we weren't allowed to teach the kids. He's like, we had to teach them how to take the tests. That was our whole job was to teach them how to get to the right answer. Not, Ugh. not produce a thinking answer, but produce the answer that was desired. And it's like, wow, that's, that's 1984. Yep, that's the whole Dewey school system that I've talked about before. And that, that actually also reminds me of my episode uh, lessons of history, where I talk about um, Kitty Werthmann from Austria, when the Nazis annexed Austria and her experiences. I mean, and then it reminds me of that, uh, you know, first they came for the trade unionists and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. And then they came for the communists and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. And then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And that's how that's how Nazi that's how it happened. One of the most sophisticated propaganda programs in human history, the Nazis perpetrated on the German people, and it's happening again in the United States as we speak. Yep, they just re-ran the playbook on a larger scale. They re-ran the playbook. Crazy. Damn. That's deep. Makes me my brain do flippity flues. Oh, that's where I am too. Some of this stuff and and you and what, what's, what's even more maddening. In, and this is part of the psychological operation is the way they drop both sides out there for you in the news media. So they'll give you little tidbits here and there to counter their argument just so they can still have some. Uh, That's that opposite thing that you talk about. Yes. Controlled opposition. Yep. And and that's where Hegel. we you know, and, and, and you look back and, and I know you've mentioned it before, but that Smith Munn act, you know, the Smith Munn modernization act oh, man. that they yes. threw in there, that was the downfall right there. Cause once your media can use propaganda against the citizens, it's no longer a reliable source of information. And, and nobody, what I love about that story is nobody can refute it. It's, it's absolute fact. It's documented. You can see it with your own eyes. It's FOIA. Do a FOIA request. Yep. You can, I mean, like I say that on my show all the time. You want to know what really happened in history and the history of this country? Go look at declassified government documents. Yep. There you go. You're not going to get closer to reality than that. (laughs) Guaranteed. No, and that's what I, when I was doing my Disney research, that's where I went. I went to the old FBI and CIA documents. And now granted, you know, they have the huge blocks of just blackout, but at the same time, oh, I'm scared still... about the future about that too. Like what access are we really going to have coming up here? I mean, what access do we really have anyway, Andrew? You know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't, Good I don't point. think. I, and, and that's why one of the things that I love doing now, and it's, you know, I'm nerding out over it is going over to the internet archives and you can find old books and just get PDFs of them and start reading some of the old shit. And they haven't gotten to all the old books yet. So there's still truth out there. You just have to really dig and find it. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've said that before on the show is that truth is very difficult to find in this day and age. It, it requires you, like I said before, to desire, consciously choose to walk down that road and learn, you know, it's, it's either that or sit in your house and stare at a screen for your entire life. Like, you know, choose your road. 
I talk about that all the time. Like what road you want to go down and what kind of person you want to be. These are the questions we all, I think, need to start asking ourselves. That's and that's the key, right, is is what do you want? And, and it's all about perspective. Like you said before, with the happiness thing, everybody could be happy. It's just how do you approach it? You know, what do you choose not at? to? Yep. Yeah. And you choose you make a choice not to. And, and listen, I'll be the first to admit, man, there's days I wake up and I'm like, man, this day is going to suck. It's one of those days, oh, yeah. you know, I just got no energy. It's got that dark vibe to it. And I'm like, shit, but you push through it. And then at the end of it, you're like, okay, boom, you wake up the next day. And now, okay, I got a good day today. Now I'm good. All right. But it's all about how you look at it. Now you can wake up Change in that your perspective, morning and, yep. and just say, fuck it. I'm going to lay in bed all day and not do anything and just hide from it all or get out there and, you know, strap your boots on and get out there and get shit done. And, and too yep. many people now just want to cuddle up and stay in bed all day they don't they don't want to deal with the hardness they don't want to deal with and they got a lot of help they got a lot of help they got amazon and they got the smart tv and they got playstation 5 and they got oculus virtual reality and pretty soon they're gonna have the metaverse painless concentration camp aldous huxley was right yeah, it's scary because, well, that's that's another thing. Did you notice that during the lockdown and I, I that uh, Uber is gone now? Like it, it's basically a thing of the past. Did, did they sell it? Did he sell it off or did he just dissolve it because there was no business? It's basically Uber Eats now. You know, that's all it is. is oh, yeah. He just changed his business model well because what they said was is that these people the drivers they were getting more in tips from delivering food than they were driving people so nobody wanted to drive people anymore oh that makes sense and then you had the pandemic hit and you know obviously that's a pain in the ass to bring people in that so they they really screwed that and i noticed that because i was between uber and when i was moving i was trying to get a rental car there's no rental cars out there either and I found those oh, that's two crazy. to be really weird. They don't want us to travel, man. Stay in your house. Fear society. Yep. Don't talk to your neighbor. Just hang out with yourself. You don't need friends. They'll, they'll let you bring travel. You everything you need. Yeah, they'll let you travel once <laughs> they have a chip in your car and can follow you everywhere and stop your car if they need to and oh, all that. Chip in stuff. your arm. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there, man. Did you see? Did you see this? Oh, I can't play it probably because of fair use, but I just posted on my Facebook page. There's some song uh, that was recorded in like the eight, late 80s, early 90s. And oh, that's the, the one you DM me, right? Oh, yeah, I DM'd it to you. Did, Ooh, you should dude. just watch that. It's a, t- it's a terrible song, but the lyrics, oh, I, I got goosebumps. I was like, the vision of the future, beware of 666. We want to put a chip in your arm to march you to the robot future like everything we've been talking about i'm telling you it's just repurposed narratives from the past like like sometimes i wonder if we really are in a simulation is this just a computer simulation like is this the matrix (laughs) that's what my my buddy bob i sound like like a psycho right now but yeah he's like that's the way i'm going because you can't prove it or you can't disprove it you know yeah Oh yeah, that's the like, problem. It's like you're you're never gonna get your answers ever. <laughs> Choose wisely your path. <laughs> all right, let's see. Maybe I can do this. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and play like a little clip of that video real quick. Oh, it's it's normally for me. You know how I play songs on there. Like I got I I had to 
change a bunch of my episodes because yep. a fair use boy, they can come after you if they don't like what you played. So yeah, that's fine. Gotta yeah, be careful. Can. Come get it. <laughs> Let them come. Free speech. Let's see. We'll actually play. That's the other thing. Oh, you just gotta turn. I think your volume's off. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Vision of a future saw a vivid dream. <laughs> The hour soon is coming when when will become machines. <laughs> a new one world order. The scientific brand. Wow. In the forehead. <laughs> I mean, dude. Dude, yeah. Linking so. all its bears. No, keep going. It says linking all its bears to the central brain or something. Here we go. To the system's central brain. Wow. The master computer that over them will reign. Dude, that is trippy. damn damn talk about wild the more things change my friend the more they stay the same oh ain't that the truth Andrew, this has been a pleasure, my friend. We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, thanks. We got to do this again. This is a good first run for me. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, I, good I times. Yeah, man. Anytime. Let me know. Um, I'd love to. I love chatting with you. Um, and uh, maybe we'll come up with a topic or something sometime too, and 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 dive into something together and co-dive in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. Actually, I meant to uh, before we leave. I want to. Uh, there's a book out there and I'll send you the link to it. It's called rulers of evil. And uh, it's all about the the Roman Catholic church and Jesuits and the way they basically developed the United States and their ties to the early U S it's a mind blower. It's a great book. So I'll shoot you the link over to that one. Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a, maybe, maybe I should ask you this offline. Yeah. I got a question for you offline that shouldn't air, but yeah, that's interesting stuff because like I said, I kind of, I did uh, the past is crazy part one and two. And uh, as I was finishing up with that, and I wanted to start talking about the Malone interview on Rogan, obviously, I realized at that point, like, how deep am I going? And how safe am I if I keep doing this as far and as long and as all encompassing as I wanted to? And we'll talk, we'll talk about a little bit about that offline. Let's just leave that at, at where it is. Yeah. All right. How uh, far can I push safely? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you uh, 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 give us your info where people can reach you and find you, and uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah, okay, man. Uh, so my podcast is called The Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I'm on Spotify, Apple, uh, all of your favorite podcast sites. I think that uh, Spotify and Anchor puts out uh, – Anchor sponsors my podcast. Um, I'm probably not going to be on Anchor forever, but it is – it does work well for my current setup and being a novice beginner still. Uh, but you know, we're growing, the show's growing. It's been growing exponentially, uh, in the last couple months. Apparently I'm getting better at, uh, 
organizing thoughts and my transitions and stuff. So it's a learning process. Um, you can send me an email, Andrew for America 1984 at gmail.com. And it's for F O R not number four, uh, Andrew for America, 1984 gmail.com, uh, politics and punk rock podcast.com, uh, is my website. You can buy a t-shirt there or donate to the show. Uh, right now I'm on Instagram and Twitter and gab and rumble and i'm gonna try to get on some of the other ones soon so be looking for me on all of your favorite alternative media platforms i love it i love it yeah and you can same thing like you can find me on instagram great deception podcast uh and then uh i'm on alt media united um as well as all the podcasting platforms i do have a youtube bit shoot and odyssey i believe so just google the great deception podcast and you can find my stuff just about anywhere yeah and to my listeners this is matt from the great deception podcast i've been talking about uh do yourself a favor and go check out his show for sure excellent my man will you be good and uh we'll be talking here in the near future all right Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program.
For from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. 